We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. And Matt, go ahead and tell, tell them where you're from. I, I You know, I, they don't care where I'm from. Sometimes I'm in Northfield. Right now I'm in New Athens, but I'm, I'm all over the place. But you, on the other hand, is a very solid, stable, reliable person. You can always be found where, Matt? I'm staying put right here at Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And I, on the other hand, am just a vagabond. <laughs> That's what I am in my retirement. In your retirement, I, you've you've turned to the gypsy life. You are just traveling, <laughs> traveling the Midwest. <laughs> That's right. You never know where I'm. I might show up at your doorstep, <laughs> dear listener. You better lock your doors, lock your doors. <laughs> because at any moment I might just show up. <laughs> Matt, Matt, this episode will be airing on December sixteenth. Have you done your 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 Christmas thing? Because I know that had to be all for COVID, but do we need to put a word in for that or what's going on? Oh yeah, well thanks John, I appreciate it. Yeah, so here at Ascension we have a live nativity each year, uh, which has really become pretty cool, I think. Uh, Live animals. Because the dead nativities are just a bummer. I know. No one wants to go to a dead nativity, but you have the live nativity, Al. Well, and that that brings me to my my next point though, John, because of COVID, um, I mean, we'll have about a thousand people in the span of four hours in one evening, and we thought, well, how are we going to control That's that crowd? So yeah. this year it's a little different. And, you know, that was one possibility to change the name to the dead nativity. But but we scratched <laughs> that one. And instead we're calling it the still nativity. All right. So, oh, cool. So we will, still, we will still night. Be yeah. still and, and silent night, that kind of theme. So instead of having uh, our members dress up as costume characters, instead we have life-size silhouettes that will be out front. And uh, we'll solve the storyboards with the scripture readings telling the story. We'll solve that short-range radio message uh, that'll be broadcasting Luke chapter 2. And uh, we'll even have some special music here and there. Uh, but it's going to be a little different. Are you still got the bagpipes coming? We, we do. We still have the bagpiper right. coming. So yeah, the, the one thing, the, the one challenge with the bagpiper is they said it needs to be warm enough for the bagpipes to work. Oh, so we're, oh no. we're trying to be creative. We've got a little <laughs> shelter and a couple of heaters up for the bagpiper so that they're bagging. Who knew? Plates. <laughs> Who knew? I didn't know that. So you can't bagpipe in the in the, in the extreme cold. Apparently not. Now, now, now the question is: Is when is this going on, Matt? So it's going to be the whole month of December, basically. So that's oh, that's cool. the blessing in all this. Is so stop by any time. It's nightly. There's not going to be music every night, of course, but no. uh, the display will be up nightly. The radio will be running nightly, and that's that's one of the benefits of this too. Is um, that that message of Jesus born for us can go out a whole month rather than just one night. So uh, yeah, stop by St. Louis Hills neighborhood where we're located. It's chock full of Christmas lights. It's the go-to place. Uh, you can stop by Ted Drew's even and get your frozen custard and buy a Christmas tree while you're over here. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, stop on by. So, Samad, so you know, the last few weeks I've been sharing some of my voluminous uh, knowledge that I've gathered in, in my old age. And with Christmas coming up, there, there's another thing I wanted to alert people to warn people about. Because, you know, when you're wrapping presents, you got to have tape. Right, Matt? I mean, oh, yeah. You can't, unless, yeah. You're, unless you're really good with the origami. 
<laughs> you, you got to have tape. Yeah, the Scotch but, tape. But here, here's here's a bit of knowledge for you, a bit of wisdom. Don't get the invisible tape. I, I made the mistake of getting the invisible tape. I laid it down and I can't find it. <laughs> okay, so that's that's my advice. <laughs> Thanks for the public service announcement, John. We, yeah, we appreciate well, that. It's so you know you go you, and where did I put it? I don't know. It's invisible. I can't see it. Uh, all right. What I want to do today, man, is I want to share with our listeners one of my favorite. Christmas stories. Is that okay? That's okay. Did we announce what the show is, though, John? Oh, no, I don't think we I did. I don't think we did. All right, well, maybe we should. Wrestling, wrestling with, with, the basics. with the basics. Yeah, I'm not always sure whether we should announce it or not. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, we get the nasty emails. That's right. They don't know who to <laughs> if, send the emails to if they don't know what show it is. That's right. If they don't, maybe they may think it's thy strong word or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so if you would read, please, Luke 17, verse 11. Okay. You said this is a Christmas story, John? This is my one of my favorite Christmas stories. Christmas story. Story. Okay, yeah, yeah. Luke 17. All right, All right here we go. Uh, Luke 17, verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. All right. So I guess it's time for me to make a little confession, Matt. <laughs> yeah, where's, where's the Christmas connection? Well, you know, so maybe it isn't my favorite Christmas story. <laughs> In fact, maybe it's the text that uh, my pastor, Pastor Lyle Bittner, preached on for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but it was one of those things where, where his sermon got me thinking. And, and you know how it is when you, you, you discover something new, when you see something you've never thought about before, you just you want to share it with people the first opportunity you have. And sad to say, this is the first opportunity I've had. But we'll try to make, oh, I hit my mic there with my hand. I, I got to be less enthusiastic. Uh, we'll try to tie this into Christmas before we're done. All okay? right, good. good. <laughs> but, but there were just a couple things here I thought that were worth sharing with people. Because you've, you've done this story before, haven't you? Sure. So this one, I think, is the one that, that comes up every Thanksgiving. Uh, it's going to be a yeah. sign text for that National Day of Thanksgiving. So, yeah, typically that's that's our gospel reading. It, it occurred to me it's probably the gospel that I've preached on more than any because it comes up every Thanksgiving, and it also comes up in the three-year lectionary, too. Uh, what I'm referring to is we got a series of gospel lessons we read, and it cycles through every three years. And so it, it's in there, too. So literally every three years, you'd have four chances to preach on it. And so it's striking that I never thought of this before because I probably preached on this at least— Oh, I don't know, maybe a dozen, 15 times in my my 40 years of ministry, uh, maybe even more than that. But 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 okay. Here's the first thing that I thought was cool that that uh, 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 Pastor Bittner pointed out. These are ten what? What are they, Matt? They're ten what? Lepers. They have leprosy. And and do you know what the Old Testament law required lepers to do? Well, they were they were outcasts, right? They were considered yep. unclean. Uh, they yep. couldn't be part of the the immediate community. Yeah, 
But what were the specific things they had to do to show that they were outcasts? Do you know? I, I don't. If you don't, don't feel bad because I didn't either. <laughs> but it's in, it's in the book of Leviticus. If anybody wants to go right, look it up, right. well, I know they had so, to yell out, right? You know, they had to be at a distance. That, uh, that's one, and you had people. to yell out, "Unclean, unclean." Yeah, yeah. It's kind of All like right. us with COVID. <laughs> unclean. Well, <laughs> see, you you got me. That that's yeah. exactly. It's remarkably like COVID. So they had to shout unclean. Do you, do you remember that there's four things they had to do? Unclean was one. You remember any of the others? You know any of the others? Well, they had to separate themselves from the community, right? Weren't they physically well, separated? I, no, we, we said that already. But there are four specific okay. things they needed to know so people would know they should be separated. Certainly shouting unclean would be one thing. <laughs> that would catch people's <laughs> would, attention, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, so, so what else, John? Well, well, you had you couldn't cut your hair. So you got COVID hair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. You couldn't cut your hair. You had to wear, 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 wear <laughs> get my mouth to work, wear torn clothes. Okay. Your clothes had to be kind of ratty and torn, which is like what a lot of us are doing when we're working from home. <laughs> Put on the pajama bottoms. We don't, don't bother to, to get dressed up. But the one that struck me that I did not know when I thought was so appropriate, you had to wear a mask. Now, it wouldn't be a mask as much as it would have been a veil, but yeah, the the, the law required that you would cover your, your face. Uh, and I thought, well, that's cool, because that's the same thing we're doing in our pandemic as well. And, and I wonder if people understand that, that the reason you wear a mask is not to keep you healthy, but it's to keep other people healthy, just like it would be with the lepers. They weren't wearing a veil in order to, uh, you know, uh, so no, they weren't. They were the lepers, but they were wearing a veil so that they couldn't spread any can contamination to anybody else. So thank you for pointing it out. That's my first thought. This is nothing new. The things we're doing now in order to avoid the spread of the disease is what the Old Testament says we're supposed to be doing. Um, this is personal to us, by the way, because my wife was exposed uh, to uh, COVID. And so she had to go into the 14-day quarantine, had to be tested and all that. So I know it's not comfortable. We don't like it. But it is pretty much standard medical uh, practice. It's been that way uh, since the Old Testament times. So any any comments about that, Matt? Well, I just think that's interesting. God knows what he's talking about when he gives the yeah. rules and regulations. I mean, certainly connections to ceremonial uncleanness, but uh, just physical safety. Uh, you know, God, God gives those instructions to, to yell out unclean and, like you said, to wear that veiled face and all those other things. It's just interesting. God cares about our physical well-being. And we see that all the way back in the book of Leviticus and now reflected here in, in Luke 18. And and you uh, have been talking about that in your, your uh, wheel of, of uh, health and certainly physical. Uh, was it the wheel of health? What was it? The, yeah, wheel the of? wellness wheel. The, wellness the, wheel. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Uh, yeah. And so part of that wellness wheel is is health. So I, I thought that was that was cool. So thank you, uh, Pastor Bittner, for bringing us to that Leviticus passage that I'd never really studied in detail before. But let's continue the story. If you would, uh, so we have these 10 lepers and they're crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. But would you pick it up then at verse 14? Yeah. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And, and so what's the purpose of going to show themselves to the priests, Matt? So they would be the ones that would give them the okay to return back to the community, to, to check them out, to see if they really are cleansed and clean again and able to 
uh, be a part of, of again, just uh, the, the community there and, and it's safe for them to return. So they were your Quest Diagnostics of the time. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> they were your CVS, your Walgreens. You'd run down there, you'd get your test, and they tell you, okay, you can go back to the community now because you came out negative. Uh, um, so that's what we had to do with Lind. You know, we went to the, the local CVS. You don't go into the store. Oh, no. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Unless you want to go in shouting, unclean. unclean. <laughs> uh, but you go to the drive up and, and even the, the, uh, uh, a pharmacist there doesn't have anything to do with you. She passes you, you know, this stuff through the window, you know, through one of those shiny, uh, sliding metal drawers, and and you give yourself the test. And although they observe you, they watch to make sure you're sticking it up your nose sufficiently. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, Matt, I'm sorry. I, another thought. I just got to throw this in. So that's how you have, have you had have you been test tested for COVID yet? I have not been Matt? tested. No. Okay. All right, for those of you who haven't, and I know a lot of our listeners have already, I know I had back when I had my heart attack. That's when the whole thing started. They take this little like uh, uh, stick with, with something on the end, some kind of swab, and they stick it up your nose. Okay. <laughs> and they rub it around in your nose for a while. Hold it against the side of the nose for 15 seconds, probably the longest 15 seconds in your life. <laughs> then they take it out and they... Poke it, pickle, poke it. You know what's going to happen. They poke it up the other nostril. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is, but it occurred to me because a lot of people are scared of this. A lot of people, oh, that sounds uncomfortable. They said have something stuck up their nose. But then I realized as kids, we were preparing ourselves for this when we stuck green beans up our nose. <laughs> See, we, we thought it was just some childish thing, but honestly, we were getting ourselves ready for COVID. For COVID. Of course. Okay. <laughs> so the next time your child sticks a green bean up his nose, remember, maybe he's just getting ready for the future. All right. <laughs> oh, thanks for that, John. Well, <laughs> the healthy parents we out there everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This has just been chock full of good information. So, all right. So, so we've well, gone well, to hey, John, the chat. Okay, how's, yeah. how's Lynn doing? Is she okay? She's fine. The oh, test good. came back negative. Good. Although I tell you what, that was that was a rough five days. We could not sleep together. We could not hug. We could not kiss. The mistletoe was wasted. Oh no! <laughs> for five, but now we're hugging and kissing again. Now you're making it's up for right. lost time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, man, we got mistletoe all over the house. <laughs> all right, let's go back to the story. All right, show yourselves to the priest. Uh, and they went and they were cleansed. So their test came back negative too, just like Lynn's came back negative. Pick it up at verse 15. Okay. Then one of them, when he saw that he had was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said, all right, no, no, don't read. No, no, no. Say okay. the last verse. All right. All right. That's the big surprise. That's the big. So, you know, we love the story, you know, 10 lepers. Uh, and by the way, they all get, they all get healed. Isn't that cool? Yeah. All 10. Yeah. So it's not like Jesus said, oh, there's only, there's one really grateful guy out there. Look at that guy. He's such a neat guy. I'm going to heal him. Ah, the rest of you guys. No, 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 no. He heals everybody, <laughs> okay? I hope people understand that when Jesus died on the cross, he just didn't die for the people that would be saved. He died for the whole world, all right? There's nobody 
that hasn't been forgiven by the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the grave. Uh, uh, I remember years ago going down to Sparta. Uh, they had three crosses up. You know, of course, that's what you got. You got three crosses. Jesus is in the middle. And then on the left cross, they had saved. And on the right cross, they had unsaved. And every time I drove, and by they're gone, they're, somebody tore them down. Good. Because every time I drove down, I thought, that's not right. <laughs> Everybody got saved. The problem is there are people who believe and there are people who reject that. That's that's the issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what and a I comfort that what a comfort that is yeah. too. <laughs> that were that were Jesus died for all. He rose for all. I think that just emphasizes all those other verses we have that talk about how Jesus, how God wants all people to be saved, to come to a knowledge of the truth. And Jesus' death and resurrection is evidence of that. That's uh, so important. And and like you said, John, then we receive it by faith. By faith, we receive that that salvation that's been won for us on the cross. And, and, and please don't, don't, we're not preaching that everyone's going to go to heaven because the, I, I wish I could preach that. Wouldn't that be great if we could preach that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible clearly indicates when, in fact, you, did you have that story a few weeks ago about the judgment, the sheep and the goats? Oh yeah. Matthew 25, you bet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we know, we know there, but, but people need to understand that when those people go to hell, that's the saddest day in, in, in eternity for God and for Jesus. They're, they're weeping. They're crying when he says, depart from me, because he doesn't want anybody to depart from him, right? And God says, I don't want wicked people. They're people you want to die and go to hell, but I don't want anyone. I, I want them to repent and live. But but the sad thing is people will say, no, I don't want that. No, take your forgiveness. I'm, I'm fine without it. That's a sad, sad thing. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I thought, had one of the greatest insights uh, about hell when he said that hell is the doors of hell are locked from the inside. Yeah. Which which is to say the people in hell are there because that's what they wanted, not not what God wanted. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So so that that's number one. What kind of God do you think you got? We got a God of mercy. He's a God who heals. In fact, uh, uh, the, the, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, remember uh, Luther's uh, meaning on that. He gives he gives bread to the, the, the good and the evil. Even the evil. Yeah. <laughs> that's what kind of God do you think you're dealing with? All right. So we've got that. We do have the one guy that comes back. You know, what? what's distinctive about him, by the way? He's a Samaritan, of all things. Yeah, so he's an outsider. He's a foreigner. You, you think these good Jew boys, they, they would have been glad that Jesus healed them. And they were glad. I'm sure they were glad. They ran back to the priests. Oh, my God, we're cleansed. But but it's just this one foreigner, this one outsider. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe because he was an outsider. You know, it meant more to him. Maybe the other guys thought they deserved that. I mean, he's a Jewish rabbi. He should heal us. But this is a foreigner. No, he shouldn't have anything to do with me. And he cleansed me. Uh, and, and I think what's also interesting here is what does he do in verse 18? What does Jesus say he does in verse 18? Yeah, uh, let's see. Verse 18, was no one found to return and give thanks uh, and praise to God except this foreigner. So, I mean, Jesus acknowledges that in, in praising him and thanking him, he's, he's giving praise to God himself. Yeah, and that's what's really striking, too, because in verse 16, it says this this, uh, this leper, the Samaritan, fell on his feet at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And so, you know, Jesus points out, you need to understand, he's not just giving me thanks. This isn't just like you go to your doctor and say, oh, thanks, doc. You know, thanks. Thank you, dear heart doctor, for putting my heart back right. 
you know, well, I appreciate that doctor. In fact, I told him, I said, you know what? You do something that nobody else does. You save people's lives. I'm alive because of you. And he kind of smiled. I think that made him feel good to realize that he had a vocation that was of great significance. Um, but, but, but the thing is, see, Jesus says, you know, you got to understand, gentlemen, here's what makes the difference between this man and the other nine. He's not just thanking me. He's praising God, who I am, right? I yeah. am. Yeah. He says that all the time. I am the door. I am the light. Yeah, that is that whole Old Testament word for God, Yahweh, the Lord. But now here comes the big twist. So, so at this point, and I suppose this is why we have this text on Thanksgiving, this is a story to teach us what, Matt? Well, so we should be what? Well, grateful, uh, thankful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the the other guys, yeah, the other nine, I don't you wonder what they did instead. <laughs> what did they do instead yeah. of going back to Jesus? You know, something else was more important in their life, presumably, uh, going and telling family, friends, you know, going back to life, whatever it might be. But but yeah, to give thanks and praise to God. So so that's I think that's why it was chosen for Thanksgiving. I mean, that's the moral lesson that we should be grateful, we should be thankful for the things that God does for us. But that's not what Jesus says the message is. <laughs> okay, that's what caught my attention that had not caught before. Jesus points out that's not really the message. This is not a message about the morality of gratitude. Read verse 19 as he talks now to this Samaritan, this leper. Verse 19. And Jesus said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, now the first thing you need to note that the word well for there is not the word for physical wellness. We're going to talk about the wheel of wellness again next week. But this is not the word for physical wellness. It is actually the word, you probably know this, Matt, don't you? It, it's the word for salvation, sozo. Uh, that's what he literally says, your faith has saved, saved you. you. And again, I know it could be argued that sometimes that word is used uh, allegorically to mean physical health. But I think if that's what Jesus was concerned about is physical health, he would have used the therapeuo or whatever that word is, mm -hmm. you know, that means physical. But no, he says, but here's the key thing. What has saved him? Was it that he was so gracious? Was it that he was so thankful? Is that what saved him? Was it that he praised God? Is that what saved him? What's Jesus say? So it's faith. Faith. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd never thought about that, Matt. So Jesus changes our direction here. He, he changes our, our, our attention. He says, gentlemen, this isn't about being grateful. It's about believing. It's about having faith. It's about understanding that God is a God of mercy and that he wants to heal and he wants to save. And he's done everything necessary that that can happen. And sure, when you have that faith, when you understand what a loving God we have, you'll be grateful. Yeah, you'll be thankful. I'm not denying that. But that's the thing. It's the fruit of faith. See, the thankfulness is the fruit of faith, and faith is the key thing. And, and I never noticed that's a you could use that on Reformation, couldn't you? Man? Oh yeah, that's this isn't limited to Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Well, because it is. That's isn't that what we believe in the Reformation that it's faith, faith. that it saved us. So, all right. Well, what do you think, Matt? Any of the things you want to add? I, well, I, like I said, that didn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, and this this faith in Jesus' promise, in particular, when he says, yeah. "Go show yourself to the priest," he goes. Um, he has faith in Jesus' words. It kind of reminds me of that other leper in the uh, Old Testament, Naaman, when he comes. Oh yes, and remember, he's yeah. told by Elisha to go go wash in the Jordan, right? 
And uh, at first he doesn't, but then finally he does. And, uh, and he's made well also. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a great point, John. Uh, faith and then the fruit of faith, of course, gratitude, thanksgiving. Well, Matt, uh, we, we have one more episode before Christmas, uh, and, and I think we want to wrap up the wellness wheel. Would that be okay, Matt? Yeah, sounds good. And, and we can talk about how that has its Christmas connections. But we appreciate everybody tuning in to hear our show. We're now Wednesdays afternoons and, and Saturday mornings, and uh, this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the Basics. With the basics.